This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (coughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Just still got many games to go. Plenty of time to purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as 30 bucks per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone ticket. Joe, DJ's off. You got PK. It is your lucky day. How the heck are you, Joseph? <laughs> you guys just take turns and having a week so I need to figure out this job. <laughs> it's our all-star break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, there you go. You guys got yours coming up here in a couple of weeks. Nine days you guys got off. I looked at the schedule. You play on a Wednesday, and uh, you don't play again, I think, till the following Friday. And you've been through this a lot, many seasons now. At this time of year, are you? how much are you looking forward to that? Because it's a nice break to relax, be with family, do whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's a bit of a two-way sword because obviously we, we love playing, we love doing our, our job, which is something we're lucky to do, to, to play basketball for a living. But um, on the flip side of that, obviously the, the games, the schedule, um, even at certain points of the year, I think we've always talked about it as a team, like depending on where you are in the standing, sometimes the, the, the lead-up to All-Star break for some teams is the mindset of like we're just trying to get there and survive and, and get the all-star break for a break and obviously the teams that are uh, higher on the on the standings and, and fighting for something are, are trying to trying to get those last few wins before the break so obviously with a bit of the kind of funk we're in now um, it's probably a bit of both some, but I don't know if guys want to guys are ready for it or if we, we're going to kind of push for that all-star break obviously we I don't know how many games we've got. Six or seven games, I think. Still, yeah. um, it's a it's a good opportunity for us to to really kind of lock in and 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 finish this little stretch off. It's almost kind of two thirds of the year by by All Star break. And, right. Um, finish off on a on a strong note and and get into All Star break and obviously get away and and spend time with our families and whatever and and then come back and and finish off strong. You talk about that little funk, and, and Jordan Clarkson was talking about it. Uh, no, no doubt, still believes in the talent, still believes in the ability to get things done. It's just a matter of getting guys back. Is that the message that I don't know if you guys are talking about it within the team, but is that the message that it, whether it's spoken about individually or in a group or just underlying, it, we've already proven it. We get our guys back, we'll be good. Just hang on till we get there. Yeah, it's, I mean, you don't want to be in like a, a hang-on mindset because I think, over the, I mean, obviously the last couple of years with, with COVID and stuff has been difficult for every, not not just as basketball players, but for everyone in, in life. And um, prior to COVID, I, I think our team and the organisation as well have done a really good job um, of that kind of next man up mindset. Like I think I said it last week or the week before, like we've, we've dealt with a lot of stuff this last 
few years with injuries and obviously more recently kind of COVID and stuff like that. But we've always done a really good job of, of the system being so kind of, I guess, ingrained in, in the guys that it was next man up. No matter who slipped into that rotation for someone being out injury or COVID or whatever it was, we were able to kind of with, with, withhold a, a certain level of play um, regardless as to that, whether that was me going into the starting lineup or Rudy's out for a game, or whatever that, that it looked like and, and whatever the reasoning was for people being out, we, we were always able to, to do that. And I think, I mean, even this year, we, we've got a really deep team. We, we've, and again, like, like last week, we, we've shown we're capable of playing to a certain level. Um, but we've also, like I said last week too, we've also been on the other side of that of, not necessarily walking and think we're going to win, but we we can't have that mindset. We 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 need to show up every week and or every every second night really. Um, and regardless of who's out, like like I said, COVID this year is going to be something that every team's dealt with. We're dealing with. Um, we, we have obviously more recently, and um, you've just got to find a way. Like every day is almost like a flip of the coin of who who's going to be there with yeah. <laughs> with COVID and stuff like that, and and. Part of that is in our control with obviously what we can do outside of um, or the organisation of, of what we do outside with our family, friends, seeing people, whether we can't go out to dinner just to be able to protect ourselves, whatever that looks like for, for each individual. But some of it as well is, is out of our control. So whoever's kind of there on a day-to-day basis is, has got to, got to be ready to play, play the right way, play the way we want to play. And, and when we do do that, I think we can still be a really good team. Um, I didn't hear what JC said, but obviously I I still have the the absolute belief in, in our group that when we are playing the way we want to play and, and it hasn't been um, consistent, when we are playing the way we want to play and consistently, we, we obviously showed we can, we can match it with anybody. For me, anyway... It's been fun to see some of these young guys get out there and find their way in the league, Forrest, Paschal, and a couple other guys. Uh, do you yeah. sort of see yourself in them? Now, yours was seven, eight years ago, into what they're doing, trying to find their way in the league? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they, they, they're probably uh, a bit ahead of me. I think they've, they understand who they are as, as players, and um, obviously they're the figuring out part comes with now you're on the court. Now you're you're playing NBA minutes. Eric played a little bit in Golden State, where was kind of up and down depending on injuries and stuff with that that, that club. Um, Trent for us didn't really play much last year, but obviously this year is kind of the the first guy off the band, uh, the first guy to to be in the rotation when someone's out, and, and even when we're fully healthy, he, he obviously is still out there. Um, at time to time and uh, I think probably more for Trent than Eric because Eric kind of knows who he is and what he can do and um, we're <laughs> I kind of feel bad for Trent sometimes like we're all trying to help him and he, he's such a good kid and he works his ass off and um, sometimes we're all he comes to a timeout and we're all telling him something because there's so many <laughs> He's so talented, and he's got so much potential to, to grow on already who he is. Um, and we can all see that. And it's like him him just kind of, uh, I guess, piecing it all together. And obviously, we're all trying to help him. But there's a, a level of that, too, where you don't want to um, kind of 
fill him up. Like he, he, he obviously wants to to figure it out himself a little bit. So, um, well, we obviously help him. We, we've got a, a, obviously a, a lot of guys that can help in that that aspect. And he's he's a point guard, and he's got he's got Mike. And um, I mean to to be playing kind of behind Mike and with Mike and be practicing with Mike. There's probably no better person for for a guy like Trent to be around. So. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, he, he's been really good this year. He's he's helped our team a lot. He'll obviously continue to to help the team. Um, but yeah, no, it's impressive what what he's able to do out there sometimes. So when you guys go to lift weights, does Pascal just go outside and bench press automobiles? <laughs> he's a he's a strong dude. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, I remember playing against him when he was in Golden State and. I don't know what the play was called. They used to run this play for him where he'd kind of catch it at the elbow with a bit of movement and obviously with the shooters they had out there. Um, probably a little a little bit less last year with, with injuries and stuff like that. But um, And he would just kind of bully ball whoever was. And, and I mean, he did it to, to Rudy. He did it to guards. Like, it was just some... It's what he's obviously... He's obviously done it a lot this year, too. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a strong dude. I think that's kind of my point with him and trainers. He... he is very clear and understands who he is and, and what he can do to help the team. Um, like Trent, Trent's figuring that out and, and, and he's figuring out quickly too. He, he's he's playing at a high level, but yeah, Eric just knows knows what he does, knows what he, knows what he can get to to get a bucket. Um, he plays with unbelievable energy. Uh, I think in that position that he's in where he's kind of in and out of the rotation a little bit depending on who, who else is in or out. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got a, a hell of an attitude and he, he works every day and, and obviously he comes out and, like I said, he, he, he plays at a level of energy that we we could probably all take. Um, we, all, we all need to play that high level, high energy. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're two younger guys that, are, that, are, that have been really good this year for us. I spent the first part of the season, the first half of the season, when we talk about the team, and who they were playing. I say, I don't care who they're playing. It's all about the team. And if the team does what it's supposed to do, I believe in its talent, and it's going to be successful. Now, hear me out a second here. I've, I've changed my mind a little bit. It's not like I've, I've lost confidence in the team, because I, too, believe get the guys back, and this is a proven commodity. They'll do what they're supposed to do. The talent rises to the level of where it's supposed to be at all times. I've seen it a million years. But I have concern about the Jazz and the standings, and it has nothing to do with the Jazz. It's about as I watch the conference and I hone in on the conference, I don't pay attention as much to the Eastern Conference, just a few of the top teams. But in the Western Conference, I mean, this is my job, so I've got to pay attention. And I look at Phoenix, uh, and I look at Golden State, I look at Memphis, and now even Dallas and Denver, despite all their injuries, are hanging in there. They're five games above 500. That's very impressive to me. And so, uh, to me... I'm no longer just thinking about you guys because these other teams are really good and it's going to be tough to beat them even at full strength. What do you think about that? Am I up in the night or you think there's some validity to it? No, no. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i extend it probably more than a few good. Like there's 29 good teams. Obviously different teams are on different levels and, and going through different things. And obviously at this point of the year, you can see the teams that are like you said, like that that top kind of half, the top fifteen, and 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 the 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 bottom ten that are that are trying to figure it out, or young, or, or figuring out players where they're going to be in the next 
10 days or whatever the trade deadline is. Um, but I, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. I think it's kind of what I was, what I was saying before. Like, and I, I think I said it last week too, is, is we can't, when we, when we play the way we play, we obviously, like I said, we we can win and beat any team in this league, but we also can't walk into a game just assuming we're going to win because of, of who we're lining up with or, or what it looks like. And, We'd been on the flip side of it, playing teams that were were beaten down by COVID, and, and you're playing guys that are on two ways and ten days, and and obviously we're kind of on the flip side of that now. But again, we're I think our team holds ourselves to a certain level that, like I said, we're next man up, and whoever's out there, we we expect to to, to win. Um, obviously, the goal is to to finish as high as as high as possible and, and be playing our best basketball heading into the playoffs. So. We don't want to be peaking right now. Um, obviously, we're saying that too. We we still have to be playing at a at a higher level and showing that we're on the right track to be to be playing our best basketball in the year. I think we uh, are a little kind of inconsistent with that. We we show Patcher. We get down twenty last night. We show this unbelievable fight to to get back and have a chance to to kind of be in the game with a few minutes to go uh, until the last couple of minutes and. Um, yeah, I mean, we every team, like you said, those teams that are... I mean, the, the Lakers are down there, but they're obviously getting guys back. Clippers have got some injuries and, and are going to get guys back. And, and every team's kind of going to keep getting better. Obviously, you know, the, we all know the, the West is extremely deep and you've got younger teams like the Memphis team, who's um, kind of what we were three, four, five years ago, figuring right. it out as a, as a group and, and, and playing really well together and... Um, we're on the other side of that. We're the older team now that um, was that Memphis team, and and teams are coming for us. We've no, I wouldn't say we've got a balls, but we we finished first last year. We we played a certain way last year that that made teams have to, to defend, defend us a certain way. And um, when you are like that, it's that's how those Golden State teams, the, the Cleveland teams back in the day, is why they are able to sustain such a high level at times because. They figure out this is the way we're going to play. Teams try and adjust and, and obviously scout and defend a certain way, and then you've got to figure out another way. Like how are we going to be? Now you've got to be even better. You've got to be on point with with spacing. We've got to be really good in transition. We've got to be really good in um, whatever we call executing it. Because teams are going to scout us. Teams are going to stop me trying to stop me going left. Teams are going to stop Rudy trying to roll and us finding him on the hot. And the teams that are great, the teams that win the championships, teams that are in the finals and stuff like that, play at that extremely high level and regardless of the scout, they're able to execute and the spacing's great. And all those things, there's a, a list of things that you can you can say, but um, they're, they're the things that we've been inconsistent with. We we haven't executed at times. We haven't got back to transition. We've, the spacing's been bad and it forces us to turn over, whatever that looks like. And... Um, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this league, and regardless of who's out there, every there's only 400 and whatever 50 players in the world that play in the NBA, and and they're all really good. Like, there's no one here that um, necessarily shouldn't be here or doesn't deserve to be here. Everyone, everyone here is an NBA player, and and you have to respect that. And come out against a team that's hit by COVID or whatever it is, and the, the guys are going to be out there trying to prove their worth or whether they do deserve to be there or not, like whatever that looks like from each individual. So it's, um, yeah, we're going to, I mean, we're going to have a fight on our hands for, for the rest of the year, obviously up to all-star break and 
especially, and then we get through that and kind of get away from each other and the team and, and come back and, and finish off the year strongly. One of those guys who has been in the NBA for many years, Joe, but isn't right now, is your Australian Olympic teammate, uh, Mr. Aaron Baines, and there's a big story on yeah. ESPN. Windhorse wrote it, and wow, he went down while you guys were playing, and then he was in a serious situation with his health. They weren't sure what's going on in the hospital for months at a time. He's finally back in Australia, and he's not playing this year. I'm assuming you knew all about that, but as I read that thing this morning, wow, man, that's big time scary. Yeah, obviously I've known about, <laughs> obviously known about it. Um, with it happening during the Olympics, and um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's obviously first and foremost is about him and his his health, and he's got three young kids and a, and a beautiful wife and family, and um, you just want the guy to be healthy. That's the, at the end of the day, you want him to be able to play with his kids and and do all that. Basketball is a very very deep down the line thought when you you're talking about injuries that that, that he had. Um, Obviously, slipping and and um, kind of smacking his head, neck. Um, yeah, it's a, it was. It, I mean, it was scary for us as as a team. It happened during a game. Uh, he, he ran back to go to the toilet, and then um, we just kind of never saw him for the rest of that game um, until we got back to the locker room. So, um, as I mean, especially with a few like I've been teammates with him in the national team for eight or eight years, 10 years, whatever it's been now. And Renee's close with his wife. And, and obviously I've, I've, I know his wife and his kids really well. And, and obviously him. So like I said, it's first and foremost, you, you just hope that obviously his health, like he, at the end of the day, wherever, wherever we play or whatever people think of us as players or whatever, we're all humans. We've got kids we we, we've got our, our life outside of this. And, and that's what, um, obviously, you wish for him. You want him to be able to, to go out in the backyard and play with his kids and, and stuff like that. So he's he, he's in a much better space space now. Um, like you said, he's back in Brisbane where he um, had lived in the off season, but obviously is is living now at the time. And um, again, like I said, basketball is probably the the least last thing on his mind right now. He's he needs to get healthy and. Um, and then figure out what he wants to do, whether he wants to come back here or play in Australia or, or, or just be done and spend time with his family. I think these things, when you have an injury, um, a serious injury, it, it puts into perspective if what you want to do with your life. Do you, do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to keep putting your body through this? And um, again, like I said, I, I hope he's hope he's getting healthier and healthier and um, we still obviously chat and, and, and talk and we've still got our boomers group chat that we, that we still message and stuff in so um, yeah a bit of a, a scary thing to go through as a team and and on the flip side of that basketball related he, he was a huge part of our team so when he did go down it was like we've got this chance to win a medal and um, one of our players has been a big part of our culture building and, and changing what what we were kind of the culture we had and what we were trying to trying to do as a as a country um and he's been a big part of it for the last 10 years so um yeah scary thing but but glad he's in a, a much better space now and um like i said hopefully he just keeps getting healthier and healthier thanks for joining us joe we'll talk to you next week and there's a good chance that the two old codgers dj and pk will be back together again so the three of us can converse one with the other Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Joe.
I appreciate it. That's Joe Ingles, man. What do you think? Keeping your head up? What do you think what I said? Do you have concern? Or uh, just uh, let's play this out, man. No, not really any concern. Scotty G will get his thought on that next. Stay with us, 97.5, Trouble of the Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. NBA jazz legend Thurl Bailey. As a guy who played against him, I know you are the utmost professional, Thurl. You are nothing but professional, but come on, you kind of have to enjoy a little bit of what's going on with the Lakers right now, right? I'm loving it. I'm not that professional. No. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm still a fan, right? But at the same time, I remember those rivalries, and, and I know probably who the most villainized team is still is in Jazz Nation. But, you know, it, again, you know, it doesn't always work. You know, you try to build a super team if that's what they're still calling it. But as much as I'm impressed with what LeBron is doing individually, in answer to your question, yeah. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. We got a pair of jazz tickets to the game against the Denver Nuggets and the Oakman and Nikola Jokic on February 2nd. That's next week. Be the 12th caller and you will win. Right now, 12th caller, two tickets to the jazz game on Feb 2. There you go. Joining us now is somebody who never really believed in me, but I just stuck it out and finally I won him over. Scott Gerard. Good morning. I always believe in you, PK. And you were well-established way before I ever got around. So, so uh, if anything, it's, it's uh, I always hope you believed in me, which I don't think has really ever happened yet. But I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I believe in you. Absolutely. No question about it, man. Uh, I mean, I've wavered a time or two, but that's just natural. I'm a human being. Uh, you know, sometimes the expense report doesn't get signed in a timely manner and, you know, hey. get a little cranky, and hey. I totally understand that. What's eight months, you know? No big deal. <laughs> that was the old place. This is a new place now. I know. Uh, good. A lot more efficient. Talking about belief. So I've got this theory, man. The Jazz, sure, got guys out. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, significant contribution. That's the reason why they've lost 9 of 11. We cannot deny that. But at the same time, when I look at this division or conference around them, even when they get their guys back, the task for me is tougher than I thought because Phoenix, even though they went to the NBA Finals, it's crazy to say, but I think they're way better than last year. And they very well could meet them in the second round of the playoffs. I don't think the Jazz will drop to where they'll meet them in the first round, but the second round. And so... They're way better, and that they really scare me. Golden State is—they're just lurking. They're always there uh, when they got their guys. And Clay Thompson is going to come back, and Green's going to come back. And I mean, they didn't even beat them. And I guess it's not a fair uh, uh, comparison because the Jazz didn't have their guys the other night. But then you look at Memphis, man. Memphis has really come on. They're tough. So I don't know if the Jazz get all their guys if they can finish third. And then you got Dallas is playing a lot better, and Denver's hanging around. So my concern level for the Jazz not being as high as I thought they should be in the standings, it's removed from the fact that they don't have their guys 
to yeah, but even if they have their guys, these other teams are really good. Am I overly well, thinking about this or what? No, no, I think you're spot on on this. I mean, there's, I think that everybody's just been kind of, and I don't mean the Jazz in particular, but I think everybody around the league has been hiding around this. Oh, you know, once COVID gets over and, and we get all our guys back or the injuries get back, everything's going to be plug and play and you're going to be in pretty good shape. Here's the thing with the Jazz is that their window was last year. Like that window was open last season. They got the one seed. Golden State was way down. And, and you know, and then the Clippers exposed them in the second round and, and it came back and bit them in the butt. And so now Golden State's back up. Phoenix, is, as you mentioned, I think they're actually playing better than they did last year. And then Memphis is not just the cute little Grizzlies anymore. They're a nasty must-watch TV. I mean, that's my guilty pleasure on a night where the Jazz aren't playing is sit back and watch Memphis play. Yeah. They're fun to watch, and they're a problem. So, so yeah, you know, this is this roster is currently constituted. PK is not an NBA championship caliber roster right now. And mm. I don't know what's going to happen in the trade deadline, but they're not there right now. They may have been there a bit last year, but as of right now, they're not. I mean, there's, there's just too much concern about Rudy Gobert getting drawn out of the paint, and then everybody just takes their shot. As much as we got upset with Markeith Morris and what he said, and I don't think – I mean, he was pretty extreme in saying nobody else defends. They just funnel everybody to Rudy. Yeah. But to a certain extent, he's right. He, that's, that's kind of who the Jazz are. So I'm going to hold you personally responsible because you said they're not good right now, which leads me to believe that uh, – no, Okay, no, don't, don't PK this right now. No. I didn't say they're not good. I'd said that they're not a championship caliber team. Okay, good I, enough to win. Very good. good enough to win the title. To me, that implies that in a week and a half, there's going to be a move, and if Ingles gets traded, I'm coming after you. Well, uh, yeah, because look, let's be honest here. We put that Ingles conversation together a long time ago when Ingles was not Joe Ingles, and right. Joe has been kind enough to continue to go on the radio with this. Um, um, uh, so yeah, if we lose Ingles, I'm not going to be happy about it either. I, I agree with that a hundred percent, but you have more pull within the jazz organization than I have. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's so far from the truth. It's scary. They don't even know my name. It's DJ and that other guy. Hey, they've been spelling my name wrong for the last 15 years. Why should anything change now? Although if I do come on the air and say, nah, Gordon Hayward isn't going to be resigned, then then they know my name. Then they figure it out really quickly. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. You bring in some beat writer from Boston and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Man, we're we're just we're, we're just throwing all the skeletons out of the closet this morning. At least I got a free lunch out of the deal. That wasn't bad. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would I do what? No, I'm just uh, some of the calls. Oh, oh, from oh, that, oh from yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. So we see that man was the theme from Rocky playing with the uh, Aztecs. Did they? Did they? Did Justin Bean go up and cut me, Mick? The guy had one eye. He had one eye. I- he did it all with one eye. Can you believe it? No, it actually, it honestly happened a little later in the game. There might be a little hyperbole there, but uh, uh, but it's it's still a fun story. No, and it was friendly fire too. He got uh, some uh, his, uh, teammate who came. They were fighting for rebound, and his chin came down, or uh, or no, Bean's eye came down and hit hit a uh, guy in the back of the head. And so 
it was it was friendly fire, but it was a big win. Like Utah State, like it's an interesting year in the Mountain West Conference where there's a lot of really good teams. Colorado State's really good. Wyoming's turned things around. Uh, Boise State's uh, won 13 in a row. And Utah State's played all these teams, and they're all like one possession games, but they yeah. kept losing. <laughs> right, right, and right. So it's just a it's just a matter of trying to turn the corner and then taking on San Diego State, who's you know a really good team and uh, and and certainly uh, you know a top 30 Ken Palm team. And uh, and uh, and to beat them and beat them the way they did last night, that was really good for that staff, that team. They needed it. Ryland Jones has been out for a while. They've lost Brock Miller for a while, so they've been down two starters for quite some time. And and uh, they needed that one last night. That was a big W. Yeah, how many teams do you think you're going to get get in in that conference? Three, four. Uh, I think I think that uh, might be. Well, you remember? Was it? Uh, I don't know. Jake might remember this too. There was a year I want to say like. Nine or ten years ago, they got like five teams in, and uh, or four or five, just an exorbitant amount because everybody had high early RPI numbers. They got some really good out of conference wins, and then they all just kind of feasted on each other and kind of elevated everybody's uh, computer numbers. And this year is kind of that year. They've got like six or seven teams that are top sixty net and top sixty uh, Ken Palm teams. And so I think four is a realistic number. It probably won't be four. It'll pro- but I think three is certainly within the realm of possibility. Well, oh yeah, I would say three is a definite. I, I would say it's beyond a realm. I would be surprised if they didn't get three because, and I always think that you have to relate it to other conferences too. And I'm not sure the Pac-12 gets more than three. And a lot of times they get more than three. So my point is that opens up some bids for some other teams and other conferences there. If the Pac-12 is only getting three, then the Mountain West is looking like there's a possibility of four. But I think three, as I look at it now, yeah. and we still got about uh, you know, a little uh, about a month to go, that three three is a given uh, right now. Well, it- Go ahead. And, and it kind of depends on it. Kind of depends on what your committee is looking for. You know, some committee are more eyeball test guys, and some are a little bit more computer number driven. Uh, if it's a computer number driven committee, then then they're definitely getting four in. I mean, Utah State last night. I mean, that's a nine loss team. Utah State's eleven and nine on the season, um, but their their numbers jumped from they were still hovering around seventy, and now they jumped up to like fifty three in the net and fifty two in Ken Palm. I mean, for BYU sitting back, they're looking at. Utah State losing nine games, and it's still nearly a quad one victory for BYU against Utah State just based on those numbers. So uh, it's it's kind of an interesting year for the Mountain West Conference, certainly with some of the teams they're able to they, they've been producing. So watching the game, man, you put on a tie to call these games. Wow, man, that's very impressive. Hey, you know what? Look, the big man upstairs didn't give me a lot to work with, you know. So <laughs> I figure. I got to at least try to dress the part. I don't look the part, but at least I can dress the part. I mean, I, I brought out a new blue blazer last night to try to really kind of, I don't know, change the mojo up a little bit. And so, you know what? Like, like we're not Alema Harrington. We're not Thurl Bailey. <laughs> but at least we, we, can, uh, we can at least try, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, we felt, at least I failed miserably. But, you know, you got to give it at least your best shot. Does Locke know you're gunning for his gig? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I think as long as Locke has the, uh, has the, um, 
how should I say this? The bankroll to be able to drop uh, what he did on a massive RV slash van, his traveling broadcast van. I think he knows that he's pretty safe in what he's doing right now. Okay. Have you seen that, have you seen that thing, by the way? I have not, no. Holy smokes. He claims it's a van. It has a queen bed in it, and he's got like a full kitchen and a bathroom in it. Uh, and he just drives it everywhere he goes. It's the craziest thing. And he's probably got it sponsored, too, I mean, knowing him. He's a machine that way, man. He's, he's something. He is. Uh, he's, boy. he's always on the top of his game. I got to give him credit. He, he, I mean, he, he never sleeps. I mean, literally. I mean, like, just a handful of hours, and he's ready to go. The guy is wired. Promo code locked on. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> his, his energy level is just unbelievable. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So Tom Holmes having a, Tom Holmes having a media gathering uh, this afternoon. Uh, he does it uh, once or twice a year, and uh, I'll, I'm going to go down represent the station. Uh, what are some things that you think that the the public would like to know of Tom? Uh, that's a great question, and and I wish Tom would do this more instead of the you know the semi annual super secret roundtable discussion. Um, I, I think the transition into the Big 12 is probably, you know, the number one topic. And I think the Boise State news that Boise State was getting dropped from their schedule and, and how they're going to manage University of Utah going forward. And, and I think there's a, some big storylines. And the fact that they're actually now ponying up some money for coaches. Mark Pope's probably going to need some more money. Kalani Sataki got his extension um, I think the underlying theme is now it's a big boy athletics for BYU. Are they going to commit to that in terms of salaries, in terms of making sure coaches are compensated, that all the resources are, are there? It sure seems like they're heading in that direction, um, but these things cost money. And to, and, you know, and to be a big part of, of athletics at this level means, you know, sometimes there's people out there that you're, you know, the, the LDS faith is going to be a little bit more on display in terms of, some of the issues that, that, that have hampered BYU in the past. I mean, Sunday play is the least of their issues. You know, you got the LGBT uh, concerns that are going to follow them wherever they go. And is BYU prepared to handle that? I think they are. I don't think it will be a huge issue, but, but that's something that they're going to have to address when the spotlight is on you even more than it has been in the past. Um, are you ready for that as a university? Because, you know, Tom Mahomes all in on athletics. Is the university as a whole all in on athletics, too? And it sure seems like they are far more than they have in the past, but are they going to continue to get that commitment uh, from the uh, big building in downtown Salt Lake City that they're going to need to be successful? You think that that was something that they must have uh, gone through and had those discussions before they say yes to the Big 12? Because if you're, if you're not, then why bother doing it? You know, Because if you're not going to be financially competitive – then why put yourself in a position of failure? Because I think that, and I've been speaking to football coaches, it's not like they're petrified, but they believe it's going to be a lot tougher than what it has been. And obviously basketball speaks for itself and you know the other sports oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure of. But the, the football situation, they believe it's going to be, a, a, it's not going to be an easy transition by any stretch. So I would think that they would have the financial uh, parameters already set up, or why bother doing it? Well, that, that's my thought too, and and I think so. Like I, I do think that it's 
important for BYU to get that message out there and say we're all the way, we're all in, and we're all committed on this. But you're spot on. Like I remember, and I can't remember who the first not or the last non-conference game was, but I remember Kyle Whittingham walking off the field in 2011, and everybody was so fired up and excited for the Pac-12. And then all of a sudden, the realization was they're playing their first conference game, I believe, in the Coliseum against USC. Correct. And they're like. Oh, 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 well, this was all fun to talk about, but now we actually have to go out and do it. And especially if you got Oklahoma and Texas hanging in there for an extra year while you overlap, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not when, uh, when the lawyers get involved. But, I mean, welcome, welcome, to the, uh, welcome to the big stage, and especially on the basketball side when you, know, you play uh, Texas Tech one night and then you get Baylor the next night. Oh, and then you have to go to Manhattan, Kansas and play Kansas State. I mean, uh, that, it's going to be – it's going to be a rude awakening. I think BYU should be fine. I think they'll be able to translate fairly well, but it's going to it's going to take some time to ramp up, as we saw with the University of Utah. Yeah, that's funny. In basketball, you mentioned three nationally ranked teams, and you didn't even mention Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right, and they're always on top of the world, uh, at least you know top ten and vying for everything that you want to vie for. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I'm I'm interested to see what. Tom has to say one of the things that I want to ask him is that uh, obviously football scheduling and what are you going to do with Utah what are you going to do with Utah State and then also relative to football where do you think that your financial package not just Kalani or Pope's salary but the the whole financial commitment where do you where are you comfortable ranking in the Big 12 Right? Do you want to be yeah. top third? Do you want to be middle? You, you be bottom, you're probably going to get what you pay for there. So where are you comfortable being at what level relative to what the other schools are putting out? Not just we, – we, we, sometimes I think we focus too much in on the head coach's salary when there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. No, there's – and, and – you're, you're right, because and Hans, Hans shared this story a few years ago where the football team is in that you know indoor facility, which is a great indoor facility, but everybody gets a piece of it. True. And so the football team's out there trying to practice and get ready for, I don't know, um, you know University of Utah, and uh, some you know pimple-faced dork comes in and goes, hey, you guys got to get out of here because the, uh, the uh, intramural lacrosse team's coming in here for practice. And they're yeah. like, no, no, get out of here. Like, this, this shouldn't be happening because we're the football team. They're the nerds. Get out. This is, we're the ones driving the ship here. And, but you know, that's the world they were living in for a lot of years. That can't be. Like, if you're a Big 12 school, you got to act like a Big 12 school, which means football and men's basketball get whatever they want to be successful. You just roll out the red carpet. You say, here's a, here's a checkbook. Go out there and be successful because if you're going to play, if you're going to have facilities like Kansas in football, then you're going to get Kansas-like results. You're spot on on that. Right. All right, Scotty, I know you got a high-level meeting coming up. Uh, put in a good word for me. I know I'm dangling by a thread, and I need it. You are the most secure person out of everybody <laughs> on this staff. Like, Especially, by the way, when you're on, uh, when you're writing articles that are setting records, <laughs> it is you know, record-setting articles. <laughs> All right, well, put in a good word for me because I'm always, I'm always one sentence away. You never know. <laughs> you know, the fun thing is, 
is trying to make you laugh and realizing that there's only like two or three people that get the joke, but at least you do, and I appreciate that. Hey, as soon as you get off the air, I'm going to go Biden to Ducey on you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to think the mic's dumb, not on and, and, uh, and Yach's going to keep it on. <laughs> Oh, man. That's like my biggest fear. Somebody leaves the mic on during a break because it would wreck wreck a career in a hurry. There you go. All right. Listen to you and Hans today at noon. Thanks, Scotty. You got it. Thanks. All right. That's Scott Gerard. You remember every day with Hans Olsen. The Idaho Farm Boys doing their thing. They've been doing it now for a number of years right here on The Zone, and you will hear it again today at noon. Stay with us. We're going to go in. We're going to delve into a little bit about uh, BYU, BYU football, and maybe some Utah basketball. Jay Drew covers both for my former employer, the Salt Lake Tribune. He'll be with us at the top of the hour. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. You got a hot take right now? Why don't you share it with us? Be part of our hot takes or toast. You know, it's brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res is the only carpet cleaner for a smarter, lasting clean. Zura's patented process uses only water to clean, meaning no crunchy carpets and spot-free carpet that is safe for the whole family. Schedule your carpet cleaning today by calling 801-288-9376, 288-ZERO, or you can book online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. If you're up north, it is ZeroResDavisWeber.com. You got that? Yeah, I'm sure you do. All right, Tom Holmes is going to be meeting with the media well, he's going to be meeting with me and some other people I think they invited. You know how that goes, right? It's an invitation, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. What do you want to know? What is a burning question? What's in your heart that you need to be answered about the Cougars? It's kind of an off-the-wall question. But I've been told that they're relaxing grooming standards. And it's not as big of a deal anymore. Now, if I'm older and I want to make my decision on where to go, grooming standards really aren't going to be anything that I care about. But if you're 18 years old, 20 years old, whatever it might be, maybe that's something that you care about, right? So is that good? Is it about time? Is BYU is about to embark on... The biggest embarkment, which isn't a word, but so what, that they've ever done. This supersedes anything. Because they had a nice, comfortable home in the Mountain West. They had a nice, comfortable home in the WAC. And they took advantage of when the Arizona schools left. They stepped up their game, and they were the dominant program in the WAC, right, in football. And they are pretty good in basketball, too. And they've done a fair amount of success in, in, in the Mountain West, for sure. Basketball, also. They had that little downtime in the uh, 90s there when Steve Cleveland had to come in and rebuild it. So with that in mind, that's nothing compared to what they're doing. And going into the West Coast Conference, well, they were already the second-best program from day one. And maybe they thought they could be better. Now they, because, ironically, when they went in, the year before they went in, in the NCAA tournament in Denver, I was courtside, they beat Gonzaga. 
to go to the Sweet 16, did they not? I think they did, if my memory serves. There's a picture of yeah. a Sports Illustrated cover out there with Jim Mercer seemingly flying through the air in that right. very game. Going rising up for a jump shot. Who says white man can't jump? Is Jimmer white? Yeah, Jimmer's white, yeah. And, right, so they probably thought, hey, we're going to win, and now they're going to most likely, barring something that I don't see this year, leave this conference never having won it. Literally never finish for, finishing first or never winning the conference tournament in Vegas, the Gonzaga Invitational at uh, the Orleans Arena, right? So that probably didn't turn out exactly what like you thought. And now, you know, I can argue, wow, if you couldn't win the West Coast, how in the world are you going to win the Big 12, right? Because <laughs> there's Gonzaga's really good, and they've elevated their program. But there's not just one Gonzaga there. I was going to say. I mean, three or four, not five, you know what I mean? Kansas. Yeah. Houston. Yeah, yeah. Texas Tech. Uh, like, you just go down Baylor won the thing Baylor, last year. Baylor won it last year, yeah. Yeah, right, right. This is a great basketball conference. So this thing that they're going to embark under do, it, it, it's harder than anything that they've ever done. What do you want to know? Jay Drew coming up next. We'll hit some of that with him uh, next here right on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.